Well, hello, iGirl Tech News. This is Madai Zaldivar here once again, and today I'm very excited to be with the fabulous Laurel Johnson, who is working with entrepreneurs. So we're going to find out a little bit today about all these amazing things that you've accomplished so far and other things that you are working towards. So welcome. Thank you. And thank, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited about this interview. Well, good. I'm glad you're excited. This is great. So let's start with a little bit about your background. Tell us about it and how you became interested in speaking in coaching? Um, well, I have a degree in communications, which is all about human interaction and human communications. And I also had a t fabulous corporate career with a large telecommunications tech company. We launched the internet. Wow. And I was in charge of all of the Fortune 500 companies in the Los Angeles area. And so it meant that we had to do a lot of client presentations. Okay. And, you know, it helped us close anywhere from $15 million contracts all the way up to $75 million contracts. So you really had to know your stuff. Yes, that's a big wow. How did you get from the 15 million to the 75 million? Tell us a little bit about that process. Well, it had to do with different clients and the different size of clients. Okay. Uh, and so the 15 million was probably early on in mm -hmm. the career, and then the 75 million was close to the end of the career right. with that particular company. And the best part about the 75 million is that it was such, it was the accumulation of knowledge and experience that we okay. brought to the table, that I brought to the table. Uh, and really developing that rapport with the decision maker. Right. And so, you know, in the end, it all comes down to relationships, and that's what this was. So I'm assuming with every, every deal, it was a different experience that you learn from one and then took whatever you learned Absolutely. to the and it just Absolutely. kept building from there. Absolutely. Whatever we learned at 15 or 35 million, right. we applied to 45 and 75 million. Wow. Now tell us a little bit about strategies for growth. Well, nothing gets me out of bed faster in the morning than knowing that I'm going to work with a whiz-bang entrepreneur. That's awesome. For me, it's coffee, but that's what it is for her. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. Or being able to work with the emerging growth companies right. who are saying, you know what? I need money to keep going. And so I get to step in with my team and take a look at their business and take those whiz-bang ideas that are floating around like atoms above their brains and bringing it down so that it makes cohesive sense. So it's everything from looking at the idea, the execution of the idea, the market, the size of the market, the numbers. I mean, entrepreneurs for some reason don't want to do numbers, but we help them with the numbers. Okay. And then create something that's cohesive, defensible, and that an investor is going to say, wow, I want to invest in that. Wow, you can tell you're so passionate about that when your eyes just light up. So it's obviously something that gets you going every single day. That's Absolutely. And what are some of the issues you think women deal with when raising money? You know, women face the same kinds of hurdles that men do. Okay. But I think with women, it's a matter of understanding that they too can ask for money. Okay. And that's what we bring to the table. It's talking to a woman and saying, look, this is not death. Okay. okay. <laughs> it may feel like it, but I'll give you an example. I ran into an entrepreneur and she said to me, I need your help because I'm going to be out of money in about six months and I have to raise the cash in order to keep my doors open. Okay. And she was this very hyper enthusiastic woman and so I said, whoa, let's slow down, let's bring it all into a cohesive business plan, presentation, let's get you, you know, feeling confident and good about talking yeah. about it in every shape or form like 
And so, you know what? After we finished working together, she went out and she raised her 500000 and her doors are open and she hasn't looked back since. Wow. Because I, I could imagine for some women, or just anyone in general, it gets very over, overwhelming. Like, you don't know how to break it down. Right. So and that's where you come in and you help them break that down. Exactly. To and it a bit. just to let you know, women can get overwhelmed, but so do men. Oh, I believe that. Right. And I think sometimes women are reluctant to go out and ask daddy for money. Okay. And one of the things that I do is help them understand that they're asking money for the business. It's not your baby. Uh-huh. It's not your, you know, your end-all be-all. It's not even who you are. Yeah. It's something you created and that the rest of the world is going to have a fabulous interest in. And as soon as that aha moment happens for a woman, then she becomes fearless right. in going out and raising money. Okay. Now, what are a couple of the things a founder must get right before going after money? So before you go after that money, what do you think needs to be in place first? I think every founder needs to know everything about their business. They need to know what their idea is, who it appeals to, what the competition is, what's the size of the market, what problem are they solving, and how many people are going to pay to have that problem solved through their idea. So, you know, for a, for a mobile app, right. you have to know how many people are willing to download and then interact with the app. There's a lot of competition. What right. problem are you solving? So I think those, there's some basic building blocks that we come in and we help them put together right. so that they understand their business on a very minute level and then on an overall level. And that lets them have that conversation with a potential client, potential investor in a really, like, enthusiastic, confident, comprehensive way. It's really easy. Once you know how to do it, it's easy. <laughs> it's just get like you said, that aha moment of figuring it out. And once you get it, then you can do that. Right. Now, how does strategy change when you're going after crowdfunding versus VC or angel money? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so let's start with the VC. Okay. You're asking for a huge chunk of change right. from a small number of people. Okay. So you have to be able to show them what your business is all about okay. and how it's going to make money, what's the return on investment, okay. and in exchange you're going to give them equity and you're going to ask them to open up their Rolodex and their resources and their knowledge and their advice to help you be successful. Okay. So you're dealing with a small number of people okay. for a large amount of money okay. in exchange for equity. Okay. On a crowdfunding, you're appealing to the masses. A big, big crowd of people. So you have to right. ask a lot of people for little pieces of money. $25, okay. $50, $500. Okay. And you have to be engaged with all those 20,000 people who are going to believe in your right. idea and give right. you money. And in, and in exchange, you're going to give them some kind of reward. And it's very important you deliver on that reward. Ah, right. I mean, let's take a look at Pebble, right? Okay. They raised $2 million two years ago, and they still haven't delivered their product. So now there's a problem. Okay. So some of the two women that I, let's talk about women and okay. guts. Okay. okay. They went out and they needed a truck and it's called a yarn over truck. And it's a truck where you go in and you learn how to knit and crochet. Oh, awesome. So they raised, they needed to raise $10,000 okay. to buy and refit the truck. Right. All right. So they did a crowdfunding campaign. Okay. And they gave rewards and they made their goal. But they, the best, the two women said, you know, I often felt like I was begging for money. But we made our goal, and now they're all over Los Angeles, the yarn over truck. It's just a great So it's succession. taken off. It's taken off. And how long did it take? How many, how long has they it been They only had three months to do it in because they had a deadline. They wanted to show up with their truck at the national 
I don't know, yarn people's convention. <laughs> I didn't know there was a national yarn people's convention. Oh, yeah. Knitters are big. Crochet wow. is big. Wow. You see, right. you learn something new every single day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the thing is, is they became fearless in okay. asking for money from a lot of people to fund their idea. I think the fearless part is kind of important, don't you think? Yep. Almost have to take a leap of faith sometimes. You start so, with a leap of faith, but okay. then it becomes a skill. Okay. And it's like learning to walk. You learn to walk. Right. And as a kid, you might have been a little bit afraid, but you did right. it. Uh, you know, people go off, they jump off cliffs, or they swim in water with sharks, yeah. or they go do something scary. They drive in L.A. traffic. Yeah, exactly. But it's the idea of learning how to do something. Right. And then repeating it over and over again. Yes. Until it becomes second nature. Okay. And that's, and with the business, that's what it's all about. You know exactly, and you learn very quickly how to identify your target market. You learn very quickly how much it's going to cost you to get to the target market. You know yeah. these are all acquirable skills. This is this is what this is what I do best is to show them and yeah. give them the experience. So there's no fear. It's right. like second nature. Oh, could have had a VA. Now, when did it become second nature for you? When did you have that moment of this is what I'm good at? This is what I love. This is what I want to do. Oh, geez, I was kind of born with it. <laughs> um, I will tell you, I had an innate ability okay. that was then coupled with great training. Okay. So I had experience in, uh, I had training and experience in college. Okay. And then when I stepped into the corporate world, I got a lot of training. So it, you know, where the where I had to build the confidence right. was in going after the bigger and bigger deals. Okay. And you built it because you got there. Right. But, but in a sense, being cautioned or having fear makes you prepare. Ah. And you have to practice. You have to prepare. And so I remember sitting around with the team saying, okay, you know, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And I do that with the entrepreneurs. I sit down with them and I say, okay, what are you doing here? Let's figure this out. And let's put this in a format that makes sense to you and it's going to make sense to an investor. And that's what you need. Now, what's the, what would you consider is the most important part of the pitch when talking to investors? There isn't one important thing okay. that you have to present to an investor. Right. It's a series of things. But what you have to have most of all is confidence and the ability to defend your idea. And you get that through an organized sense of your company. Okay. And the ability to talk about all the different parts because you've worked with me. Okay. Because you've been, I've been able to show you this connects to this connects to this. And if they ask you this question, here's how you answer it. And quite frankly, you need to know the answer anyway, okay. regardless of who's asking you, because that's part of your business. Right. Now, what do you find most startups are getting wrong, and how do you help them to fix it? I don't know if there's something that they're getting wrong. Okay. I always see it as a lack of knowledge. Okay. And so I, when I work with an entrepreneur, I always look for the best of them and I bring that right. out. And then I look at their business, I bring the best of the business and I bring it out and then we merge the two. So it's not that they're getting anything wrong, it's that I get to help them get it right and infuse them with that confidence right. and the knowledge yeah. and the ability to do it. I mean, what a thrill, right? Yeah, I keep hearing the word confidence a lot and I think that, I, is it safe to say that's very important part going ahead with the business and being I know you said it's a numbers game as far as what's successful but do you find like when someone has that confidence or you help them gain that confidence to move forward they kind of get it better and they 
I think confidence is infused with knowledge. Okay. And so when I can show them what knowledge is and how yeah. they keep their knowledge fresh in their head, right. it just infuses a natural sense of confidence. Okay. So it's not like I can give you confidence. Right. I have to help you get to the point where you have confidence. Right. And Through so the knowledge. I, and right. when I work with somebody, I work with their style. Right. Ah, so you will, will adapt to what they their style Absolutely. they're doing instead of vice versa, Absolutely. having them adapt to something you're used to or right. that People you do. People say, what's your methodology? And I say, I go with the individual methodology. Ah, amazing. It's not cookie cutter. Exactly. Exactly. So what are some of the traits that you think are required to be a great entrepreneur? Persistence. Ah. Uh, understanding the peaks and valleys. Okay. Uh, being able to sit down and be coachable. Okay. And to take advice. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> and to act on advice. Yes. I've worked with with entrepreneurs that are fabulous at, what do I do? What do I do? What do I right. do? How do I do? Oh, is that how I do it? Okay. I'm going to do that. I recently talked with someone I had worked with. Right. And she said, oh, you know, I just had a meeting with my lead investor, and he gave me the best piece of advice. Okay. And after she told me what it was, I said, are you going to do it? She goes, you bet. And I thought, now that's a successful person. Right. Because they're not... They're open to they're not this. gaining. Right. You know, they're yeah. open because business is sort of this wild game. It's like a circus mm -hmm. with all these acts going up. Oh, yeah. And you're the ringleader. And you have to be able to say, well, that act's not working anymore. They're, mm -hmm. off, they're off the whiteboard. Let's bring in something different. Oh, look, right. we have a bigger crowd now. Well, in a constantly changing world, I would think business is all constantly Everything's changing, so you have to be adaptable and open to advice in order to be successful and move on and grow. Right. I, I mean, nothing to me is more exciting than change. And I know some people don't like change. But the thing is, is that when you're an adventurous at heart as I am, right. and most entrepreneurs are very adventurous, yep. that's what it is. It's one adventure after another. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's it's. You know, you look at somebody who says no, you go, well, they just don't get it. Okay, right. on to the next. Right. So, you know, that sense of adventure is very important to have for an entrepreneur. Like, I think that's one, that's a trait that we should put in there. It's like, <laughs> you have to be adventurous. Adventurous to be an entrepreneur. It just reminds me of something I just read. It says, you know, your life begins or your success begins the second you step out of your comfort zone. But sometimes when you're so used to something, when you step out of that, it's when that change comes and great things right. can happen in that change. So... I agree. I think um, the thing, though, with a comfort zone, though, is that you can stretch it like a rubber band. Right. And it's not that you're going to say, okay, I love being on the couch surfing the internet, right. and then I'm going to go and fly to some exotic country where you know, go through culture shock. Right. I think it's done in measurable, you know, it can be done in little steps, but it has to be done. That's the key thing, though, that it has to be done. It has to be done. In order to grow and to be successful. I mean... I'm facing emptiness syndrome, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be sad and morose. But I'm doing the happy dance because it's now an adventure. Right, right. All right. You and have this whole new life and world ahead of you now that's, that's different. That's it. It's changed. <laughs> this is good. And it's good change. When good. you look at change as something uh, that's bad, that's tragedy. Right. But when you embrace change and you say, okay, what else can I do differently? You yeah. know? That's what you want. That's what you, you have to crave that entrepreneur, not human being, period. 
Yeah. It's what keeps you, what makes us alive. I love, I have to say, just talking to you, I love your passion you have. At this, even at this stage in your career still for what you do in life, I think it's amazing. wish everyone could keep that because a lot of times... <laughs> people lose it, you know, and it's really, yeah. I think it's important to still always keep that. You know, enthusiasm can be lost, right? but just just like anything, it can be picked back up again. Right. You know, That's the, true. The enthusiasm <laughs> comes from finding something that makes sense, that you want to do, that engages you, that, that oh, wow, what else is there in this? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think enthusiasm is important, confidence is important, and knowledge. <laughs> But enthusiasm pulls you into that, you know, if you were talking about the comfort zone, enthusiasm right. can pull you to go out of your comfort zone, and what happens? You gain experience, you gain knowledge, yep. and now you have a new comfort zone. Amazing. And how, that's how it works. And how should a founder decide if they should participate in an accelerator program or in an incubator one? Well, you know, accelerator and incubator are often used as interchangeable terms. Okay. So one thing we do at Strategies for Growth is that we work with entrepreneurs on their investment strategy. Okay. So should they go to an accelerator? Should they go to a VC? Should they go to an angel? Should they do crowdfunding? We take a look at all of them. And again, this is based on the nature of the business. Okay. This is based on the numbers. Okay. So with an accelerator, you have to make the decision of will the minimal amount of money Give me what I need, okay, and the time and the resources to get my business off the ground or in a growth phase. Okay, all right. Some accelerators only twenty five thousand in cash. Okay, is that? Can you raise more in crowdfunding? Well, yes, we can. Okay, let's okay. do crowdfunding. Okay. I think uh, it has to be a business decision based right. on the nature of the business okay. and what you're going to get in return out of the incubator or the accelerator. Because remember, you're giving up equity. Right. And is that a good business decision? Okay. And now, for those, someone that might be watching that doesn't know the difference, can you tell us the difference between an accelerator and an incubator? Now, you said they can be interchangeable. Right. But what are any differences there might be between the two? Well, it depends on each one of the incubators and, and accelerators okay. as to how they define themselves. But okay. in general, an accelerator is where you have an idea, you come in and you accelerate the ah. creation of the business. Okay. An incubator oftentimes will own a large portion of your idea, and then okay. they bring their staff to bear, and they create right. the business with you. Okay. But again, you know, you have to kind of, you have to interview them as much as they're interviewing you, and you have to decide if that's right for you and your business. Yeah, because it's your idea, and you're the one that knows where you, right. where you want it to go. Exactly. If it's right for you and your business. Now, I like this one. What would you say, speaking again, is your driving passion? What gets you excited for a whole new day? Knowing that I'm going to talk and work with a whiz-bang entrepreneur or emerging growth company okay. that is stuck. And I get to go and help them unstick themselves from wherever they are. Because sometimes when you're so deep in your business, you can't right. see exactly. what really is out there. So I get to bring that outside perspective and I get to sort of unstick them. Right. And say, look, here is how this can flow. Have you thought of this? And again, that coachability factor comes okay. into play. So that's what gets me out of bed is, ooh, what's new today? Yeah. Who do I get to play with? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And you, you, now, and you also do public speaking, which I also saw when I looked at your resume. Yes. How can we learn more about that and find out when and where you're speaking next? 
I encourage everybody to go to laurelljohnson.com. Okay. And I will post there where I'm speaking next. Okay. I do a lot of panel moderation. Okay. And there's a couple of things in the works, so I'll be posting them as they come up. Okay. But they can also contact me and okay. talk to me personally if they want to work with me. So okay. laurelljohnson.com. And they can go straight. So laurelljohnson.com. Don't forget that, folks. And I have to ask, on a how did you get into public speaking? How did you make the transition from what you were doing into that first public speaking? Well, I had done public speaking more or less my entire life. Okay. Uh, and I went and was coached. Awesome. I went and I found a speaking coach and right. I said, I need help uh -huh. because I need someone to tell me yeah. what I need to be doing. Okay. And they were absolutely fabulous in helping me. And I'll share a little secret with okay. you. Okay. Share away. I worked with a television producer yesterday. Uh-huh. And I said, help me. And we ran through everything together. Okay. We practiced the, you know, practiced answering the questions. She helped me pick out my outfit. Worked out real great, Catherine. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, even as a coach, you need yeah, to be coached. You need to be coached always. And so to make that transition, that's, that's, those are the steps I took. I want this lady coaching me. You're amazing. <laughs> it's so Happy awesome. to work with you. <laughs> LaurelJohnson.com. All right. And I will repeat that one more time, folks. If you guys would like to know when she's speaking next or any information, make sure you go to her website, LaurelJohnson.com. Check it out, folks. Laurel, thank you for joining us. If there's any, is there anything else you'd like to add before we close here? Yes. There's one okay. thing I'd like to say. There are no bad ideas. Ah. It's just knowing how to execute it. Okay. And that's where I come in and I can help execute it really, really well. So don't think your idea is a bad one. Find out how you can make it a great one. And find out at once again, laurelljohnson.com. Laurel, it was such a pleasure speaking with you and meeting you. Oh, Amazing. Thank you. And best wishes with all your future endeavors. You've already done so much. So thank and you. Enjoy the emptiness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank All right, guys. Much. Thank you. This has been Madai Zaldivar once again for iGirlTechNews.com.